Yeah, we're about there. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, and this is day 11 of the 12 Days of Christmas series. And you're not going to break it, right? Because if it ain't broke. Don't break what? Wait, wait. Did I say it? Tradition, but then I mixed metaphors. Uh-huh. Is it mixing metaphors? Is that what I just did? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so you usually play a Christmas song at this oh, time. Oh, right, 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 right. And I'm like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't break the record. That would be the opposite. How about just play the song? Is that the easiest song? This oh is, we got a request for this one on KSBJ the other day, <gasps> and I just love singing in my Bing Crosby voice. You're going to sing it? I'm, okay, I'm okay. Try it. here we go. Melakalikimoka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaii Christmas day. Hey, how about just Bing sing? Okay. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees. All I can think about is Cousin Eddie at the pool. Oh, Cousin Eddie. He throws the. You know, you notice the. Okay, this is the thing about the movie. He throws the towel. Right, and he just winds it up, and he throws the towel right in the pool for yeah. no reason. He's everybody's favorite cousin, <laughs> and we all have one that reminds us of Cousin Eddie. Perfect. <laughs> in fact, you know that hunter's hat that he wears? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I call it. I don't call it a hunter's hat. I a call it Cousin, cousin Eddie, Eddie hat. hat. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, that's actually perfect. You you get the feeling, just the way culture was. I'm being serious about this, that in today's uh, episode about shepherds, mm-hmm. that it was maybe people a little bit like... Cousin Eddie, outcasts of society, the lowly. The difference being that theirs was a job, a trade. Mm-hmm. Eddie was just somebody you that wanted was, to trade out of choice. your family. That was right. <laughs> but 11 shepherds, maybe. That's where we are. Maybe. We've talked a lot about myths and mm-hmm. what we believe about the story that there's, you know, there's, there may have been a donkey, but the Bible doesn't say it. Stuff like that. Yeah. And so... Uh, that is part. Is that part of the song? Uh, the the actual twelve days of Christmas song is that? What is day eleven? Day eleven is it eleven? Piper's pipe. Piper, sorry. Okay. Okay. So never mind. It's not shepherds yes. in that song. But maybe because maybe. we 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 don't know how many. No, but we do know that there had to have been more than one. Okay. Because there, it would have taken so many more shepherds to take care of all the sheep that were right outside of Bethlehem, like a mile out. Bethlehem was lamb capital, because it was only four miles away from the temple where you would need sheep for sacrifice. Yeah, okay. And now there was different things that you could sacrifice at the temple. For instance, if you had journeyed a long, long, long way, some people brought their animals to sacrifice, but if you come a long way, then just like, not that you would sacrifice your pet, but there is definitely, I mean, we put our our puppies and our kitty cats in daycare, you know, Mm -hmm. when we go away on Christmas you know, vacation or whatever, so that they are they're taken care of. We're not going to bring our cows with us and our sheep with us on a long trek to Jerusalem. So a lot of people would buy the animals there, which is actually one of the reasons why um, Jesus got upset. Do you remember the story? No, that's when he turned over the temple tables. Well, it wasn't because they were setting selling them legitimately. Yeah, yeah. they they were you know they were selling it maybe even double, three times, four times what they would have sold. They were there to make money. Time. They were there to make Only. money. So I guess what I want to do on mm-hmm. if we're going to make this current day, if possible, okay, let's just take the Houston area for example. Oh, so people were making the trek to Jerusalem to yes. let's just say downtown Houston from I, where from all all parts. Where would people come from? How far would people come from for, for to Jerusalem? Oh my goodness! Well, the people have been scattered all over because of the exile, and they're coming to Jerusalem. How how often they're paying tribute. Uh, there's the the great day of forgiveness. There's all these different reasons why you would come and observe 
days at the temple, whether it was a festival okay. or it was because, you know, obviously it's it's something like I, I'd like to go see Washington, D.C. This is still the capital of Israel is Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. And I went over that last night with my son's final. So, I, <laughs> you know, I may doubly sure. But yes, this was a big, big deal. This was this. This was the city that uh, David had established as being the it city. So let's just say it's Houston nowadays. Okay. And, you know, you live in Lake Charles yeah. and you got to come on over and maybe in the, I don't know, Humble area, Conroe area. That's if, you, if you're not from Houston, that's 30 to 45 minutes outside of downtown Houston. Right. That's where maybe the shepherd, the, sh- the sheep are kept that you have to go get it on the outskirts of the city and then bring it into the city center. Is that what they were doing? Some people would purchase them. A lot of the lambs. Okay. So specifically the ones that we're going to talk about today, um, the sheep that were outside of Bethlehem, there was a very special sheep that they were looking for. There were Passover lambs. And I want to make sure that I'm sharing this, this part of the story really well. So all of the lambs in this area weren't necessarily going to be sacrificed. There were very special lambs that were looked for. They had to be firstborn. They had to be male. Okay. They had to be without blemish. Uh, and they were um, the ones, the ewes, that, which people are like, you. Did you know the name Rochelle means you? E-W-E. Um, really? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> That's, I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. Oh, man. Yes, I know. My years. husband's name is Samuel, which God who listens. And, you know, my <laughs> name means female sheep. But in this instance, actually, it's a good thing. Okay. So these particular female sheep that were sanctioned off to be, you know, the ones that would birth the Passover lambs, they had a very big job to do. And there was this tower. Again, this was about a mile out from Bethlehem, but it was still close enough to be considered part of Bethlehem. And it would have been four miles then away from the actual temple there in Jerusalem. There was this tower there that had been built for war times. And then the shepherds were like, we're going to use this. We're going to use this so that when the priests come over here from the temple area to observe the sheep, which ones would be, you know, the right ones. To, to be able to take to the temple at sacrifice because this had to be the best of the best, the sheep that would be sacrificed for Passover. They would stay up in the tower. The priest would. The priest would stay up in the tower. They would not be caught in the field with the shepherds. And there's a lot oh. of reasons for that. Well, but they could, and I, I think culturally that, that ex- explains a lot of those reasons. You know, they can't be seen with them or whatever, I'm sure. But the, could they identify the sheep they needed from that high yeah. up? There were a lot of reasons why they would be in the tower. But yes. Okay. I guess. I mean, I guess so. We That's don't how really they know. use yeah. it. Kind of an observation deck for sheep and not airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. So they were up in this tower. It was called Migdal. Uh, I wrote it down because I want to make sure I say it right. Migdal Idar. Um, and it, it means tower of the flock. Okay. And so inside this tower as well, there was also like birthing stalls for the ewes when they would have the, the special sheep, the Passover lambs. And again, it wasn't like every single time that a, a male that was firstborn was birthed, that was going to be an automatic Passover lamb. It had to pass the test. Hmm. It had to pass muster. And this is where it gets really interesting. Well, I want to kind of go back, though, to the fact that the priests would not be found out in the field with the lowest on the totem pole shepherds. Um, and I say that because obviously these men, does it mean that they weren't good men? Does it mean that they weren't worthy society probably would have deemed them unworthy because their job is, I mean, they're out with sheep, you're around animal waste. A lot of the times you're having to pick up dead carcasses. 
Um, and, you know, because maybe a wild animal got a hold of one of the sheep or something like that. Cleanliness was and maybe that's where the saying comes from. That's not actually biblical. Um, cleanliness, cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm. That was a big deal then. Yeah. You, know, you couldn't eat certain things. You know, I mean, the, the uh, even they're asking Jesus why he doesn't wash his hands before eating. Right. Things like this, that there, there were the rules that we know today just to be germ free were actually laws and rules. There was there's a very big purpose for the law. We've actually talked about the law in, in earlier podcasts. But yes, in Leviticus, there were very clear rules laid out through Moses for the Jewish people to follow. And you would have been considered unclean to have been in the field with these sheep for those two major reasons and, and potentially more. But, you know, you're around animal waste, you're around dead carcasses. If you touched anything dead, you had to go through a process of, of becoming clean again. Hmm. And to jump through the, quote, hoops to do that would have taken days and it would have made an average shepherd out of a job. Because once you finally jumped through the hoops to get into the temple area, because you were not allowed in the temple area unless they were clean. It would have it would have taken all this time and then they wouldn't you know, nobody's going to hire a shepherd that's not available. What? Where is he? He's, he's going through the cleaning rituals. What? Mm. I need somebody here now. So he would have been without a job. So they literally never went to the temple. Yeah. We're okay. not allowed within distance of that area, the, those areas that were claimed only for those who are clean. And uh, the, the priest would have stayed in the tower. Now, there was a group of shepherds that were allowed to be with the sheep inside the tower of the flock those shepherd those shepherds were pardoned from those kinds of cleansing rituals and the priests would have been you know probably in contact with them that would have been okay but the priests would often go there and they would meet them there and they would see these little lambs being born if they were again male firstborn were without blemish this is exactly what would happen in the tower they would take the lamb literally after birth they would not, not the afterbirth. I want to make sure I'm saying that right. Yeah. After they were born yeah. Yeah. and they would wrap it in swaddling clothes, they would lie the lamb in a stall in the Greek. The word is manger. Hmm. This is getting interesting. So you, you think about that. Mm -hmm. You think about what said the night that Jesus is born. Gabriel tells this group of shepherds, whether it was, the, the shepherds who had the pardon or whether it was just your typical shepherds out in the field, who whatever classification of shepherd was present that night would have been very aware of what the angel's words meant because that was a Passover lamb that had that specialty type treatment with the swaddling and the lying in the manger. What? The Passover lamb, the Passover lamb, the angel Gabriel, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger, they would have been very aware that this is the Messiah that we're talking about. And I think, you know, the, the angel's first words that, to the shepherds is what? Fear not. Fear not. We learn that. They say that I have to say that every time. At the same time, you imagine a sky filled with angels pretty soon proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I think you would be shaking in the knees until you hear his words uh -huh. that are familiar to them. I will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. That's a Passover lamb. <gasps> That's the Passover lamb. And not only did they know the technical stuff of that from being being shepherds, yeah. but with their upbringing and culture, they knew what they were waiting on too. Exactly. The bigger picture. Exactly. And to 
Oh man. There's there's multiple things that fascinate oh, me. Here. I know. I know the joy would have overridden the fear, I think. Well, because you know, not only uh were you I mean here, we'll take today for example. Mm-hmm. I by no means am expecting Jesus to come back literally today. I mean, I, I, I do you get up every morning and and think to yourself, well, this is the, the day. day. I, I, I don't think that. No, every and day. We're told in scripture to be, you know, always looking up, always be ready, always be ready for sure. But I don't I, I honestly don't even think about it every day when, when you know, when we hear bad news, like uh, news headlines happen. That's when I'm like, oh, it could be soon. You know, yeah, that's, right. you know, no, but that's, I would say that's probably accurate. That's where people usually are. So to be honest with you, I would be in shock, I think, at first, yeah. if it happened today. Absolutely. And. They had been waiting 500 years. Yeah. And not only why, you know, why would it happen today, but well, they've, also. They've been waiting a lot longer than 500 years, but they hadn't heard. They hadn't heard from God in 500 years. And so they, why would it be today? Why today? And why would it be me? Yeah. But it was. They're breaking a lot of cultural bounds here by going to shepherds first. They're like, there's no mistake because we're all seeing this. You're seeing this, right? I'm seeing this and you're seeing this. Not a hallucination. We're seeing this. We know there's at least two of them, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For all those sheep, there had to at least have been two. Multiple shepherds would have probably been out on the hillside that yeah. night. And they all saw the same thing. And they heard the words of the angel. And they all knew. They knew. The, and, you know, the song, Go Telling on the Mountain, that's the shepherd's song. Mm-hmm. And they were so thrilled. Can you imagine never being allowed? I remember this one time I went shopping with my my cousin. And I was pregnant at the time, so I was very emotional. Okay. And she's 10 years younger than I am, and I'm expecting my first child. And let me just tell you, I had a pretty woman experience. I went in to a store I'd never been in before. It was kind of hoity-toity. And for whatever reason, my cousin wanted to go in. I'm like, sure, we can go in there. It's not JCPenney, but we can go in there. <laughs> So we went in and they followed me around the entire store because the the vibe I got was, you're not worthy to be here. You're not good enough to be here. Yeah. And in fact, I did the wrong thing because you know how these stores only have select clothing and only a couple of items. So would you like this? Well, we don't have it in your size kind of a thing or whatever. Were they British well, too? No, they okay. didn't even say that. But they, <laughs> I'm saying all of that. Their hangers were not even touching. They were perfectly equidistant from each other. Mm-hmm. And just to spite them as they followed me around the store, I went through and I started separating each of the hangers so that they'd be, you know, multiple inches mm. apart. Mm. And they came back around and well, and they put them back. I know. And that was the story of how Rochelle showed <laughs> the love of Christ that day. <laughs> I was being, very, I did not fight fire with water that day. Yeah, you know, yeah. that was wrong of me. Uh, However, I've justified it with my pregnancy and hormones. (laughs) But, you know, in that moment, and perhaps you have suffered, you know, you're you're the one who's dealt with racism. You're the one who's dealt with some sort of caste system where you're the lowest ranked person there, whatever it is. You know what it feels like when, when you recognize the love of Jesus Christ, when he has... I pray you do. Maybe you're listening and you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, but please know he is not about any of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus reaches out and he sees past what others see and he invites you in and you recognize something exceptional in this moment because nobody else has treated you this way ever. And that's the shepherds. That's the shepherds. They have never been invited into the temple, let alone into the presence of the most holy of holies. And here they are bowing on their knees 
with their dirty little sheep, some of them maybe around their their neck, like we've seen in the nativities presented that way. You know, in in the presence, the physical presence of God. It's an incredible thing. It's about the heart, and clearly they were. I think picked for probably a couple of reasons. I mean, one was the proximity. One was mm-hmm. it had to be their heart too. I don't think you would have used people that didn't have a good heart and, and they, they did follow, obey and rejoice. Um, but also to prove a point too, right. You know, mm-hmm. to, to just say, this is not the way that it's done anymore. I'm reaching all people in wherever they're at. I had a pastor once that said, there's a difference in being, uh, in being worse and and worse off, I'm sorry, I'm trying to make sure I say that the okay. correct way. But you know, this is this is what we'll do. I'll just say it this way: um, we'll compare ourselves to other people to make sure we're at least a good enough person, good enough Christian. Yeah. And you see somebody in in like, and you kind of whether this is the direct comparison as an adult or not. Well, I know quite a few more Bible verses than they do, and I've gone to church more. And, sure, you know, and all all the all oh, these things. Oh, I'd be lying if I didn't have those moments. Oh, yeah. And he just said, "Imagine getting to heaven and God saying, hey, you know how they only knew two Bible verses, and you knew you know a hundred? Uh, yeah, uh, they had way worse conditions than you. Mm. They grew up without a Christian." set of parents. They, they grew up without parents. They came, they, I, you know, they, I found them later in life. You had your whole life to learn more and you're going to sit here and compare yourself. And so yeah. that's why I love this part of the story. He's just flipping that upside down about, you don't go to church enough. I'm using you. You don't fit this box. I'm using you. So many parables that can relate to that, that Jesus tried to express his love for people. And it wasn't that he wanted to pick on those people who could act that way with their ego. And, you know, me in those moments where I have my soapbox superiority or whatever it is that happens to us when we get in those places, whether we do it about our faith or something else. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, hey, listen, I understand football and you're just dumb. You don't know anything about whatever. Could you not use my real life example? (laughs) Thanks. So I, I love this story about the two men that were seen at the temple praying. One of them looks over at the other, and he knows that he's a sinful man. He looks over at him, and he knows that he has lived a life that is not pleasing to God. And he prays, oh, God, I thank you that I am not like that other man over there, and that I am this and that I am that. It's the same kind of scenario. When, when Jesus asks, who do you think God was more pleased with in their prayer time? Because the lesser man, the sinful man, if you will, was the one who couldn't even pull his his face from his hands because hmm. he kept looking down and saying, I am not worthy to be here. Yeah. You know, I, even if you only memorize those two Bible verses that Carter was talking about, but you live them out, yeah. you walk them out. Mm-hmm. If you know and have met and experienced the love of the living God and you stick to those things that you know, or you can know a zillion verses, but you never live them. I mean, which is better? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not about it's not no, about knowledge. Knowledge is great if you use it. Right. Knowledge, yeah. knowledge is power. Mm, I, th- I think the difference between knowledge and wisdom is that wisdom is is walking in the light of the truth hmm. as opposed to just knowing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So I want wisdom. Well, you look at learning history, right? Mm. Learning American history. And if we don't, you know, and I'm not going down some 
political bandwagon here. I'm just saying you look at something like mistakes that have been made before in American society, any society. And if you don't learn from them, all you do is you have knowledge mm. and, and we have the ability to know things and say, let's not go down that path again. And so it's it's way more important with biblical knowledge. And so that I think that's why this is so encouraging to me that they he chose the shepherds to use them. Isn't it fascinating also to think that the wise men that we talked about on day three and the shepherds, even though they at first glance may not feel connected, both of them were really I mean, I think a lot of people looking on from the inside would be like, these guys are misplaced Mm -hmm. in this setting. They don't belong at the same party. Yeah, they don't belong in the same party and even the outsiders. I mean, they were wise men. They weren't even from around those parts. They probably, you know, they they dabbled in other mysteries as opposed to the Jewish God, the one true God, mm-hmm. you know, and they're invited to this party. And then the shepherds, they have no business being here. Look at how disgusting they they're They're dirty. They're not even clean. That's but these are the people that God chose. These are the and Mary. Who was she? She didn't. Uh, who was she? Yeah. Joseph was from this obscure line of David. I think I, I believe I've heard it rumored that Mary was of the same line of not of the exact same line of David, but he was that Joseph was. But she was also from the lineage of David. And but nobody could really. I mean, like you start going up the begats in the first part of Matthew and you can find Joseph's lineage. But up until that point, do you think anybody would have thought anything exceptional past most of David and the Solomon and okay, now who, who is that guy? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just went ahead and looked up a, a shepherd joke to oh, great. end the podcast. Well, there it is. Uh, how does a shepherd find a sheep on a mountaintop? How does a shepherd find a sheep on a mountaintop? Acceptable. I don't get that one. Acceptable. Except the- like a bull as opposed to a sheep. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. If they find him on a mountaintop, is that acceptable? Oh, how? Oh, 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 okay. How do you greet a German shepherd in their, well, this is different, in their native tongue? Carter, these are all terrible. Guten Tag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one was good. Oh, that was well, Why didn't you start with that one? Well, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for the right acceptable. joke. Acceptable. All right, 12 days of Christmas wrapped up. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Cannot wait. Love to see you for at least one more. At least get through this series before you end our relationship. (laughs) 